Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good? What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. I am back from vacation. Raring to go, just like every team in the NFL is right now, including the Raiders. Nine days, I think it is, till the NFL draft. We're seeing all of the pictures, all of the images, all of the videos of Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Strip, coming to NFL draft life. As we speak, it is a beautiful thing. I cannot wait to see this whole thing unfold uh, starting next Thursday. And we've got you covered here on Raider Nation from from beginning to end uh, of the NFL draft, and we'll have all the details uh, in the coming days of what we've got planned uh, here to cover and give you guys the best coverage of the NFL draft anywhere. And I'm telling you that right now, anywhere. Just keep it locked in. However, you listen to us, whether it's uh, you know live on 9:20 a.m. here locally, uh, or listening on the Raiders app, or li- listening on uh, LVSportsNetwork.com, um, you know the, the, uh, that site. However you digest our information, just keep it here because we've got you covered from beginning to end. Uh, I want to say thank you to Q Myers uh, for holding down the fort while I was gone. Uh, truly appreciate uh, the teamwork, and I know he did a heck of a job uh, filling in during his his show a little bit longer, uh, Unnecessary Roughness. Really appreciate that. Nice to see Devon Cotton, who had a great point as we came in. And I'm going to pull back the curtain just a little bit, Okay. Because uh, he hit on a very um, important thing that happens sometimes in journalism. Okay, so while I was gone, obviously, Derek Carr signed his new contract. All right, I'm in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, literally, you know, uh, in South America, and I didn't have my phone on. All right, I I turned on my phone, and all of a sudden, I get I get a text and a call. All right. The call was from a source saying, I've been trying to call you, you know, uh, to give you a heads up. You know, uh, the text was the same, you know, the, the, the same uh, gist of it was I'm trying to give you a heads up here. You know, so all good. I'm on vacation. I uh, would have loved to have had that, you know, had I been here in the United States and on the clock. Uh, but it, it happens. So it's all good. So um, happy for Derek Carr. I think he's earned it, all of that. And we're going to get into all of that. But I was telling Demond the story of how it kind of unfolded for me finding out about Derek's uh, new contract. And DeMond said, did you have a story in the can, basically, pre-done, you know, where you just have a story that says Derek Carr has signed his new contract? And I said, no, I, you know, I, I probably should have, but, but I didn't. And why you do that sometimes when you know something's coming? And I can't say that when I got on an airplane last week headed for Brazil that I knew something was coming down the pike. I knew that they were heavy in negotiations, but in terms of being that close or not, I, I didn't have uh, the, that kind of details. Had I, I probably would have, Devon, written something so that I could make a call to my editor and say, Hit publish. You do that sometimes. Heck, I'll tell you this right now, Devon. There are obituaries written for, and everybody does this. You go to the New York Times, they've got obituaries written right now for all sorts of, you know, uh, known people. Why? Because as (laughs) history has shown, anything can happen, right? So you have a story on the ready and on the go. And we've seen this a couple of times before. I know Bill Williamson will not, you know, be mad at me for pointing this out. 
But sometimes there's a miscommunication and somebody above you or your editor accidentally hits publish on something that you're holding off until it actually happens. And then guess what? You look like the idiot. So, yes, Devon, uh, what was the question now? Oh, I just wanted to know, did you have something? Go back to real quick the yeah. the, the obituary part that you were saying. Yeah. I, all I could think about is how Betty White, she had this whole, <laughs> like, you know, editorial, if that's what you would call it, a profile in People magazine, I want to believe. Betty White's turning 100, and yeah, she didn't get to make it to 100. Yeah, there but you go. I'm sure that people were just waiting. Right. Yes, of course. Anywho. Anyway, <laughs> but, but so, so sometimes, to yeah, sometimes to be on to be prepared, <laughs> you write something, what you call it, um, you just it's it's basically something that's in the can that's ready to hit publish as soon as it happens, especially when you know because in our business And just put in the actual dollar amount. Right. You just you, put that in parentheses or XXX, you know, and make sure that your editor fills in the XXX or else it comes out as XXX uh, in, the, in, the, in the newspaper or online. So you just do that when you when you have sources that are saying, hey, it's coming, it's coming, be on the ready. You might get a call tomorrow morning or later on tonight uh, that, that it officially went down. So that's how that sometimes goes down. But I have to say, um, super happy for Derek Carr. I think he's earned this contract. It's amazing to me how many people have traded this poor guy from the Raiders over the last eight years, you know, seven years, at least for sure the last four years. He is the last man standing, and rightfully so. I've said this from the very beginning, ever since I took over the Raiders. Gave it a little while to kind of assess the situation because I'm going to be honest, I didn't just step in here being an expert on the Raiders. You have to kind of grow into that and it's still always evolving. You're still trying to have your finger on the pulse as much as you possibly can and you go in with a clean slate. That's how I always approach things. And I had always heard all of the talk, Damon Cotton. By the way, we're going to have Vic Tafour uh, on at 530 to talk about the way this contract was structured and why Derek Carr was uh, okay with doing it, trust me, he's going to be here for a long time, um, or at least throughout this contract, he's going to get his money. Uh, there were things that were done structurally that look a little bit like, oh, wow, the Raiders could get out of this contract in a year. Yeah, technically they can. They won't. He's going to be here. There's reasons why things are done the way they're done, and especially when you have – a good relationship and when there's uh, communication and when there's trust and confidence and faith in each other that this is why we're doing it the way we're doing it like this. Just trust us. I got you. I understand. There's a plan in place. All of that type of stuff is why this contract was drawn up the way it was uh, and why it will be beneficial for Derek Carr. Ultimately, uh, he'll get his money. Uh, Derek or, and, and the Raiders will have contract flexibility or salary cap flexibility to continue. I don't say to build around him, to continue to build around him and to continue now to maintain around him. That was the key to the whole thing. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll get into uh, all of that. But it's just so funny to me, Damon, that here's a guy that four years ago, everybody, everybody, and including myself probably, oh, John Gruden's the new head coach of the Raiders? Yeah, he's going to trade Derek Carr. He's going to go get it. That's like That was the always the perception, and I don't know. It kind of still persists a little bit, but yet here we are five years later since John Gruden took over, I guess, 2018, 19, 20, 21, 20, you know, somewhere around there, four years later, Derek Carr not only survived all of that, is thriving and is now the beneficiary of a new contract extension that keeps him right here in Las Vegas, 
kind of simultaneous to Devonte Adams's contract, Max Crosby's new deal. Uh, that's the co- that's part of the core of this team. I would I would imagine that Hunter Renfro is going to be up next. I think Darren Waller maybe not this year, uh, maybe next year in terms of his new contract extension. But the way both sides have gone about this, um, it's it's it, it shows you kind of the faith and confidence that they have uh, with each other. But Devon, getting back to Derek Carr, all this talk. How many times have we talked on this radio show, taking calls? From people and hearing reports and all of this, that Derek Carr is on the first track or train out of town. Here he is with a new contract, and I personally think he's earned it, and it was the right thing to do for the Raiders. Now, speaking of calls, Rob, let's get to Ryan in Missouri because he called before the show even started. Okay, because he wanted to ask you something before you went on vacation. Uh-oh. So, Ryan in Missouri, you're up. Wait, wait, wait. He's been holding on this question for for a whole week. Oh my God, Ryan! He I'm called so... the show before we even started. So well, I was let's, like, well, let's go get him out on to the Realty One Group. Caller line and talk to Ryan from Missouri. Ryan, I'm sorry that you had to sit on this question for a whole week, but now you probably know why. Uh, what you got, my man? Hey, man, you're the best. So you're worth it, and I'm glad you're back. I hope you had a great time. Uh, good evening, though, Vinny, and good evening, Nation. Um, I'll get to the question at the end, but I first want to explain myself. Um, I'm calling in honor of Craig Long and the fact that we often hear the mantra, Raider Nation Unite on this station. There's a phrase I coined in my head called exploit profitability. Exploit profitability is self-explanatory. It is when someone or the media exploits the Raiders for profitability. They can care less if that causes disunity and conflict within the Raider organization and amongst the nation at large because... They have no true allegiance nor loyalty to the Raiders. Adam Schefter showed this on Monday Night Football when we played the Chargers. And the Chargers kept, and Schefter kept saying the Raiders need to see more from Derek Carr. But in reality, Schefter had no clue of what was going on. A current example of this is the media throwing out the possibility of trading Waller. Adam Hill and the media voted to make Darren Waller the first two-time honoree recipient of the Craig Long Award. But now there's messy trade talks, and they are throwing mud on a possible new contract between Darren and our new front office. Here's my question, Vinny. Why does the media praise Darren one minute and then in the same vein stab Darren in the back? And, Vinny, you took it further by saying, Maybe Waller should stir up the pot a little bit and put his foot down, which may cause disunity and conflict within our locker room and front office and will also require Waller to come out of his upright character and professionalism, which exemplifies the dignity and class of Mark Davis. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Uh, Let's start with the uh, last part first. Um, If Darren Waller were to, let's say, hold out or, or, you know, push some levers um, in pursuit of a new contract, I can tell you right now, there isn't one player in that locker room, Devon Cotton, who would hold a grudge against him whatsoever. When I say business is business, Business is business, and everybody that enters this profession, there's a great um, line in The Godfather, Senator, we're both a part of the same hypocrisy. 
Don't you know what I'm saying? We're 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 all part of this. We're all part of the hypocrisy, uh, and it's not hypocrisy. Adam Hill, my great colleague, um, he has written an, an an article. He did a draft mock draft where he traded Darren Waller. All right, you know I've been on both sides of it. I've been I've worked for teams and I've worked in the media. There were times working for the media, working for teams, where you read something and you laughed at it. It was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> that's not going to happen, and you just laugh it off. It's not that big of a deal. The turmoil that you're talking about, um, I, I, I would, I would, I would uh, take the foot off the gas on that a little bit. It's not as serious as you're as you're making it out to be. Some of it is fodder. You mentioned Adam Schefter. I've said this many, many times about the national guys who work their butts off and do a great job. I know that for a fact. However, when you ask them sometimes to take a deep dive into a team. There's, it could be problematic sometimes. They don't know. They don't have their foots on the ground. They're looking at the NFL from 10,000 feet above. M- myself, other reporters that cover the team on a day-to-day basis, Q Myers, uh, who covers the team as as you know uh, as well as anybody uh, as well. We're looking at it on a day-to-day basis. Like my whole profession, 95% of it is covering the Raiders. So of course I should have more of a feel for things being as close to it as I am as a reporter that covers it on a day-to-day basis than Adam Schefter, you know, because he doesn't, he's not here. He's wherever he is covering an entire league. So when you hear sometimes um, the national guys talk about teams, you always have to take a little bit of a grain of take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because their understanding of the team isn't as deep as the people that are there day in and day out. That's no slight against Adam Schefter. He would say the same thing. And it's also why there are times when some of the national guys come to town during training camp or during the season. Guess what they do? Who do you think that part of when they come in to report on a team and to talk about the team, who do you think that they talk to in addition to the coach and the general Matt, The reporters. We all sit around and talk, and they ask us questions like, hey, what's kind of going on? Because as they know, they know that we have a you know deeper knowledge of the team. So, And nobody's here to stir it up just specifically for the Raiders. Okay? That's, that's, that's another part of this. If you're one of the premier um, iconic brands in sports, they're going to talk about you, man. And that's part of the beauty of it. You think the Lakers aren't getting talked about right now? Not for any good reasons. They stunk it up. They were a complete disaster, a complete failure. And now everybody's talking about the Lakers for bad reasons. A lot of times they talk about the more, more often than not, people talk about the Lakers for great reasons. They win championships. They're a great story. They're always a great, they're a soap opera. They're a drama, you know, so, but they get talked about. Why? Because people care about the Lakers. And guess what? People care about the Raiders. So they're going to look at the Raiders. What's going on with the Raiders? And write about the Raiders and talk about the Raiders. Sometimes it's going to be completely accurate. Sometimes it's going to be speculation. Um, Sometimes in Adam Hill's case, he's just trying to think like the people around him are thinking. Maybe he used Darren Waller to go um, you know, get some extra draft picks for this year. I don't personally agree with that. I think that that's the last thing the Raiders need to do. I want to see what this Raider team looks like. With Darren Waller and Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Darren uh, and Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro, I want to see this offense, Brian Edwards, intact. Because on paper, this offense is as good as any offense in the NFL, weapon to weapon to weapon, and including the quarterback. This is a chance to be a lethal, lethal offense. Why would you take? 
one of the biggest parts of that out. Just to go say, yeah, we got a first round pick. Does this draft, is there somebody in the draft in the 20s, let's say? Because that's basically what nobody in the, I don't think anyone in the, you know, could you get a top 10 pick? Why would somebody that has a top 10 pick right now want to give that up for a 30 year old tight end? That's on the rebuild. You're you're in the top 10 because you're on the rebuild. Why would you sacrifice an asset like that to go get Darren Waller? As good as he is, he might come to your team and put up great numbers for a team that otherwise isn't all that good. So you have to look at it from their perspective. So a team that wants Darren Waller, and I guarantee every team in the league, <laughs> Devon, wants Darren Waller. There's no question about that. Uh, but the teams that need him the most in terms of maybe getting to that next level, guess where they're drafting? In the 20s, teams that are close, teams that are closing in. If you're the Raiders, why would you trade Darren Waller for a pick in the 20s? You're not going to get anywhere near that kind of a player. You don't do it right now. Is there a time to maybe trade Darren Waller? I don't know. I still would keep him. I'd sign him to a new contract and let this thing go for the next three years or so and see where that can get you. But anyway... I guess my point is nobody's out. Nobody in the media is out to get the Raiders. Maybe there there might be a guy or two out there that holds a grudge or something along those lines. But, you know, that would be really, really unprofessional if that is the case. If somebody has, like, personal feelings involved in any of this. I'll tell you this right now. I don't have personal feelings one way or another. Um, and especially not an ax to grind where I'm just going to come after that team and come after that team because gosh darn it, whatever my stupid reason is for not being happy with that team, I'm going to make them pay. That's ridiculous. That's childhood childish. We all, you know, grow up and grow out of those types of of feelings. Um, But so there you go. I think that, um, you know, uh, Derek Carr is in a great place and he's going to get paid and he's going to be part of what I think he thinks is something Really special. I know that he didn't want to go anywhere else, but as 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 we talked about, what a month and a half ago or so, um, when, when I when I went out and, and talked to him at a church event that he was having, yeah, I want to get paid. Yeah, I want to help continue to help um, not just my family. Obviously, he has a family and and kids and you know relatives and and a, a future and you know trying to take care of the family as much as he possibly can. That's what we do. That's what people do that have families, but he also understands, um, the bigger picture of it, being able to build schools and hospitals and feed people. Devon Cotton, go ahead. Uh, real quick to answer Ryan in Missouri's question a little bit more, cause it was more based on something Adam Hill said, where I didn't want to say it too crassly, but Hey guys, people have jobs. Every writer just can't say, Hey, if they just keep doing mock drafts. And this is something that Adam tweeted in his own words. It's called a mock draft, just exploring many different scenarios for every team. Next one we put out will look very different. I certainly wouldn't trade him. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it's not saying that people don't believe what they it's write. A mock it's draft. just scenarios. Hey, yeah. what if? Just a what if scenario, guys. Put Take it this it way. Put it this way. Um did you really I didn't think that the Packers were going to trade Devontae Adams. You know, I didn't think that he was going that they I felt like they had control of the situation, but as it turns out, he had more control uh or he had more resolve, I think. I think what he was saying is like I'm not playing, man, anymore here. And I think they sized it up and said, "A, do we really want to push him and uh find out that he's for real?" 
And B, why would you even want an unhappy player? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I've always felt like that too. Where if it gets to that point, and I don't think there were personal feelings. I think that there might have been some hard feelings, a little misgivings about how certain things were handled. But I don't think it's like I hate you. I don't want to be here anymore. I just think that he felt like I want to be somewhere else. And we see that. We see that in every sport. We see it in the NBA. And Devonte Adams literally told me when I asked him on his uh, opening press conference about having control of his future, maybe for the first time and really maybe the only true time where he can call his shot. And um, he didn't quite go all the way there, although as some information has leaked out, um, it seems like he, he really did put pressure on the Packers uh, to make something happen and to to get him where he wanted to be, but when he, the the answer that he gave me when we when we had when we talked about it at that opening press conference was like, hey, look, you see it in the NBA where if somebody wants to be someplace, they're gonna make it happen one way or another. They're gonna figure out a way, and it's not everybody, Devon. It's you know th- this isn't like uh freedom for all this is like when you when you gain a level of status in your sport and you got the juice and you got the hammer and you and the timing is right that's when certain players the kevin garnett's the lebron james's Devontae adams was at the top of his pecking order at his position had a little bit of enough power a little bit of enough juice to say this is what i want let's make it happen go ahead yeah, mainly what you said, it's the timing that matters yeah, the most. Totally. Because I know players that you can do it in theory, but you're not going to be able to sign, hey, just sign a five-year extension. Like Tariq Hill isn't going to be able to say, let's say if he's not, if he doesn't have a touchdown within the first three games of Miami, hey, get me out of here. Right. That's not how it works. So a lot no. of these times it comes down to the timing. You've got two years left, maybe one year left on your deal to say, hey, you don't want to lose me for nothing. That's basically what the agent is saying behind the scenes. Right. He doesn't want to be here. At least get something back for him. And the team's thinking that as well. Right. And 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 especially if it's gotten to a point where, man, if we don't do this, we're going to have not necessarily a bad – we're going to have a bad vibe in the locker room. We're going to have a bad thing hovering over, and you don't want that either. And I don't think players necessarily want to be put in that position where they got to go that to that length. Like, now I got to be the jerk in the locker room and make things divisive and all that type of stuff. Go ahead. But also with the team in the front office where the Packers, if let's say if Devontae Adams were to say, hey, he wasn't going to play this season no matter what, right. arms folded, I'm not stepping on the field. A lot of people like to say, well, the team could just say, okay, we'll call your bluff. But if he does stand on that principle, your team doesn't get any better with that star right. player that sits out for the season. Exactly. So and it's it's a real game of chicken. But if you want to call the players bluff and say, hey, well, we're not going to trade you. We're not letting you go. Well, your team's going to be actively worse because these holdout situations are usually involve one of the best players on your team. Yeah, it's never the best. It's never the you know, the, the third string quarterback or something yeah. like that. You He's know, like, yeah, the, I want to hold out for new money. We're just like, okay, sit out for the season if you, you want. To, yes, exactly. And and I, I'm I'm all for that. Like like there's there's you know, you get to it. Like I said, you you work hard enough and you're good enough. Uh the good Lord's blessed you, all of those things, everything works out. The timing of it, like you said, because you can't do that as a rookie. Here's here's okay, well, let's bring up a a, a contrasting case. And we're going to get into uh, this in a little bit with this quarterback uh, carousel going on right now and the waiting game that some of these guys have to play. Uh, Baker Mayfield, where does he end up? Jimmy Garoppolo, where does he end up? Colin Kaepernick, I have a sneaky feeling that he's going to end up somewhere. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I, I, I would, uh, that would be a very happy day for me if he ends up uh, back in the NFL uh, in some form or fashion. But 
you know, we, we understand Jimmy Garoppolo's situation. They 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 drafted his heir apparent, and so they're going to move on, and he's going to move on as well. And I think that's a situation where everybody's like, ah, <laughs> thanks, you got us to a Super Bowl, we went to a Super Bowl, uh, we're, we're good, we're moving on. Uh, but when we come back, and later on in the show, Damon, I want to talk about Kyler Murray. I'm, I was just talking to Rodney Pete, and he's like, who's giving him his advice right now? I'm not so sure that that's the play that he wants to make because I think the Cardinals right now are like, I love you or I like you, but I'm not sure I love you enough right now to put the ring on it. Need to see a little bit more. And is what Kyler Murray is doing right now damaging that potential for him? Because I don't think he's going to get the contract doing what he's doing right now. I think the way he needs to get that contract is to get on the football field and prove that he is the guy. And we've seen, look at Baker Mayfield. The Browns were right for not giving him that contract extension a couple of years ago or even last year. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster. You're about to you by Tequila and Bajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Oh, Damon. <laughs> if you didn't know how true that was, a statement that you I can't share it, guys. Sorry. But that was spot on, Damon Cotton. We are talking about being on vacation and getting calls, even though you said that you weren't going to work. And you promised people that you weren't going to work, and all of a sudden you got to work, and there's no way that you're not going to do what you got to do. I'm just saying that right there. But Devon had a great observation that one day, maybe, maybe one day, I'll share. Uh, but uh, it'll be far, far, far into the future. So, Devon, what we were talking about, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're back uh, after it seems like forever uh, a vacation. I was in Rio de Janeiro. I highly recommend. If you're thinking about a great trip to see all, I mean, Q was bringing up uh, the beaches and the water. It was fabulous. But man, the rainforest, Christ the Redeemer, uh, the sugar loaf. This is like an area of the world that has everything, like everything within 15 minutes, a half an hour of each other. You can go on the best hikes in the world with just tremendous vegetation and scenery and then you're then you're drinking on the beach which I did a little bit of I have to admit um but anyway so we were talking uh Demond before going to break about this quarterback carousel that's kind of going on right now and it's another reason why if you're the Raiders and you're a Raider Nation feel good about where you are with your quarterback First of all, just go look at how many quarterbacks have been drafted since Derek Carr and do the percentages on how many quarterbacks have been drafted and how many have actually worked out. And understand that you, Raider Nation, hit a home run with that quarterback, with that second pick. Uh, What was it, in 2015 or 2014? You hit the home run. You're one of the lucky ones. There's plenty of other teams that have drafted multiple in that time that haven't come close and are still searching for their quarterbacks. You aren't. And I just have always felt, build around Derek Carr, he'll get you places. And I think the Raiders are closing in on doing exactly that. Now, getting back to what's going on right now with quarterbacks around the NFL, you think about it. After everything that's happened in free agency, some of the quarterback movement that took place, what do we got? Mitchell Trubisky to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we've got, who went to the Indianapolis Colts? I'm drawing a blank. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. Yeah, Matty Ice 
at what thirty seven years old, uh, getting a uh, a new life in Indianapolis. That should be a good situation for him. I don't know how long uh, the window is there for for Matt, but uh, but I think I think that's a good stopgap uh, for the Colts. And just look at the Colts for as an example. Andrew Luck pulls the you know uh, the the the. Uh, carpet under out from underneath their feet. They he, thought they were set at the quarterback. Thanks, but no thanks. They thought they were set at quarterback. By the way, I saw him at the Super Bowl. He looks like a changed man. He is like he looks like an accountant at this point. It just shows you what lengths people take to get their body right to play football in the type of shape that it needs to get uh, into to play football. He just looks like a changed dude, but he looked extremely happy. So I know for him. It wasn't so much of a selfish thing. He just couldn't deal with the pain anymore, the rehab and the injuries. That wears on you, man. And I've talked to plenty of athletes. I talked to a baseball player, good friend of mine. He's playing in winter ball, coming around second base. Somebody hits he's, – he's on first base. A guy hits a liner to right field down the line. My friend Darren is circling second base in the Dominican Republic, and his Achilles tendon goes out. This was like on top of all types of other injuries that he had throughout his career, right? I go, when did you know it was over for good this time? He goes, when I was on my butt between second and third base, and I look up and my my foot's just kind of dangling there. I was like, yeah, I'm not going through any more rehab doing this again. Done. So anyway, but if you look at the Colts, they thought they were set at quarterback. And now that it's just been in constant, um, you know, uh, scramble mode to, to, to just get a quarterback in place that they think can get their team to the playoffs. They're, you know, they're giving another try with Matt Ryan. So Phillip Rivers was there. Um, you know, so so Carson Wentz, who's now Carson in Washington, Wentz, who's now in there. Washington, was there. So it it gives you an example of be careful what you wish for. All that said, Baker Mayfield, where does Baker Mayfield end up uh, now that Deshaun Watson is taking his place in Cleveland? That's a vast improvement uh, in quarterbacks. But I mean, just a couple of years ago, Baker Mayfield was supposed to be the guy, right? Jimmy Garoppolo. He hasn't um, played his way out of San Francisco. I think they just feel like they want a better version of Jimmy G and maybe somebody that's going to be able to stay on the field more consistently than than Jimmy G. That's why they traded up to go get Trey Lance. He looks to be the heir apparent like right now. Jimmy Garoppolo not participating in offseason program with the San Francisco 49ers as he rehabs from his shoulder injury. They're both on the same page. I don't think there's any miss feelings or anything there. It's just a professional situation. Jimmy G will find a landing spot, but where will that be? And then we go to Phoenix, Arizona, not too far from where we are right now. And a young quarterback by the name of Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray is not participating in the Arizona Cardinals offseason program. And by the sounds of it, I don't know if he came out specifically and said this, Damon, but by the sound of it, He's not returning until he gets a new contract. Yeah, but I don't think that he's going to get that new contract so soon. I don't I, I don't think he should. You said you were talking to Ronnie Pete before he went to break, mm-hmm. and he says, I don't know who's advising him. I don't either because there's even been reports that his agent, they're taking the deal that they, you know, their offer, his side's offer, they're taking that deal off the table. Whose side's offer? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray had like an offer? Report, reports have been, you know, whatever they want the number to be. So they're taking that off. The t- one what that, that the Cardinals mean? laughed at? Yeah, so probably. what does that do? Yeah, We're they, they're not off. the ones that make the offer. <laughs> they're the ones that respond to the offer and then counterpropose and all that. I don't think the Cardinals have d- done one thing, made one movement toward re-signing Kyler Murray. And why would they? 
And it's nothing against Kyler Murray. But my question is, what has Kyler Murray truly, truly done for the Cardinals to say, you know what? We're ready to sign you to a new contract that's going to pay you, what, $40 million a year, $45 million a year. We know what the money is going on around these days. Has done enough for the Cardinals to go ahead and make that kind of a commitment? I said earlier, I like Kyler Murray. I like him a lot. I don't love Kyler Murray, and I don't know if the Cardinals – I could tell you right now, the Cardinals don't know – if they're truly in love with Kyler Murray to the point of giving him the kind of contract that he's that he wants right now. And also, I think that one of the other points of contention may be a first-round pick, the number one pick overall, who's gotten that second contract this early? Because he's going into his fourth year, and usually you don't Jared see— Jared Goff did. But Jared Goff got his team to the Super Bowl, too. He didn't deserve that contract, anyways. I don't, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, he got him to the Super Bowl and, and was on the was on the uptick, and it didn't hurt. It did, it, I, if I'm Kyler Murray, I don't want to be compared to. Hey, I don't want the Jared Goff deal. Hey, I'll tell you that. What, what well, he's mean? paid. I mean, Jared Goff happy with the money, yes. But do you think he wants to be playing in Detroit right now? No, he doesn't. But I'll say this about uh, young Mister Jared Goff: they, he won a division one year, and then the next year won a division and went to the Super Bowl. So at least he has that on his resume. I'm not saying it was the right de- – but here, in fact, I'll say this. In retrospect, the Rams sh- shouldn't have done that. They got caught up in the moment and said, hey, we've got this young quarterback who just got us uh, our first division championship in like 15 years or so, then got us to the Super Bowl, helped get us to the Super Bowl. And I was there in New Orleans. You go look at that game. That dude balled out uh, when it counted uh, to help them get to the Super Bowl. And so they're thinking, this guy is still on the upswing. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get it done now. In retrospect, it was a mistake. That's even more of an argument, Damon, uh, for the Cardinals to make against signing Kyler Murray because he's done none of those things. He's done none of those things that at least Jared Goff had on his resume when the Rams signed him. So, And I'm not saying that, look, in a year or so, if he balls out and plays great and makes a definitive case for himself as the franchise quarterback, the face of the franchise for the Cardinals, he could come now knocking on their door and saying, hey, that pendulum has swung a little bit. And now after I played as well as I played last year and got us to where we, I got you, uh, helped get you guys this year, now I want even more. And if I'm the Cardinals, Demond, I'd be okay if the, if he proved it to me next year and was just so good, like Josh Allen. All right, Josh Allen. There was a there was a little moment in time there where Josh Allen. I were you sold on Josh Allen from the very beginning? Not at all. But the thing that made the difference was getting him a premier number one wide receiver. I'm sorry. Who did the Cardinals have? Didn't they get a premier number one wide receiver? Oh, they do. I'm just saying that was the turn for Josh Allen. It was, but yes. However, I've seen plenty of quarterbacks play with those wide receivers, and they weren't squat. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you still have to be the good. You, you. It's, it's also on Josh Allen. It helped. It definitely helped. No question about it. I'm a proponent of build a team around your your quarterback. But he showed what he's capable of doing around other great players. But there was a moment in time where I don't know if Josh Allen deserves a second contract, right? And then he balled out and earned the second contract. And I think the Bills are in a pretty good place with their quarterback. And guess what? 
by waiting, they probably signed him to more than he would have expected the year before when he was, I'm sure, trying to get a second contract. But the Bills, and at that point, the Bills are like, we'll gladly do that because we truly, truly believe that you're the guy. You earned it. You deserve it. You proved it. And now that you have a little bit more power because you played so well, you know what? That's cool with us because we're just happy that we've got our quarterback right now. In Kyler Murray's case, it could go down that road just as easy as it could go down the Baker Mayfield road where you get to the – what is he's going into his fourth year, correct? Where you get to the end of the year. He's going into his fifth. His fifth year, okay, which was Baker Mayfield's – Baker Mayfield's going into his fifth. No, 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 Murray's going into his fourth. Yeah, Murray. Yeah, okay. So it, it could easily turn into the Baker Mayfield situation, which was show us in your fifth year, show us. And maybe we'll, you know, if, if you prove it to us, if you show us, um, you know, then, then we'll gladly re-sign you because at that point we will know for sure. What did Baker Mayfield do this year? Get hurt, stunk up the joint. He didn't show him, right? Yeah, exactly. So and and Rodney Pete brought this up on, on the radio show that I was with. Him. Look, he goes, I'm not sold on him because a he hasn't shown that he can stay healthy, and on the back end of seasons he hasn't always played. He goes, I don't know if it's because he's hurt. I don't know if teams catch up to him um, on the sec in the second half of the season. But he's got to show that he could play one through sixteen at the kind of high level that you need him to play. And now in his defense, he did get hurt last year. All right, and. I kind of suspect, and I've been saying this for a while, that his play leveled off because his body just wasn't right. I felt like, what was it, like an ankle injury or something. You take that away from a quarterback like that, that's a big weapon of his, the mobility factor, and you take that away, he's not going to be as good. So he's like shortchanging himself a little bit anyway because he's coming off a year that this isn't the year you ask for a new contract. Give it one more season, your fourth year, ball out, Prove to everybody that you can that you are who you think you are and are capable of being, and then come back after year four and say, hey, I deserve a new contract. And I'm sure at that point the Cardinals um would would oblige. But here's James Jones. If you if you've got the sound, uh, let me know when you're ready. James Jones on NFL Network today talking about he doesn't think that Kyler Murray is gonna be in Arizona for long. Oh, we sooner. I think uh, Baker Mayfield finds a new team is going to happen sooner. I think wow. Kyler Murray's out of here. I wow. think Kyler Murray is not going to be in Arizona Whoa. coming into this season. It's just too much. It's, it's been too much since he's came into this order, especially this season. It's always been, well, this ain't right, and that ain't right. Well, this happened, and that happened, and that happened. It's just been too much. So I think the organization is like, you know what? It's a lot of teams out there with some mm. draft capital. This is a young phenom, young superstar in the National Football League. Possibly could win one or two MVPs. I think he's out of Arizona. I think somebody is going to give a deal to the Arizona Cardinals that gets Kyler Murray out of there and gets him on a new team. There's just too much draft capital, and there's too much going on. I don't know if the organization wants to deal with it. And even if you do pay him, I see this happening again. You know Ooh, what I mean? Yeah. I see some problems with Kyler Murray. Oh, the roster ain't this or something. Something may happen. So I think we've seen the last of Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals uniform. Those are strong words uh, from James Jones, uh, DeMond Cotton, and – I, like I don't know if you're the Cardinals if if you go down that road either right now you you certainly don't want to five years from now going dang yeah we got these two first round picks for Kyler Murray but we're we're still right where we were you know yeah before. because in theory because I hate to keep bringing him up Adam Hill he's one of those people just oh keep drafting a new quarterback 
But Don't get me started you, on that. Yeah, I know you. You hate that. You hate that. It's, theory, it's that, ridiculous. That ideology so much. But you can't just say, "Oh, we'll get rid of this quarterback and we'll get another. We'll get another one." Right. Because you already have Kyler Murray or James Jones, where he like he was giving him his credit. He's a potential MVP candidate. And, and so and, why give him up? Go, go, uh, when you get a chance, look up what Kyler Murray will make on his fifth year. Okay, as the number one pick and a quarterback, I got to imagine it's pretty good. And here's my thing: what's well, probably going to be around maybe eighteen because Baker Mayfield <laughs> make eighteen million this year. Right. And he was the first round. He was the you know right. the first overall. But pick still the year a lot before. of money in your. So yeah, so year five maybe he's making what 18, 20, let's 20, just say yeah, twenty million, million a year, right? Which not bad. Okay, and there's a reason why the NFL came to their senses, by the way, and said uh, we're doing this all out of whack. Because think of a guy like Sam Bradford. I don't want to bring up the um, LSU quarterback that the Raiders drafted and had to pay all that money to and never panned out. We won't use him as an example. But we will use Sam Bradford with the Rams. I think I forget exactly how much he made, but he made a lot. The rules were different back then. You had to sign guys to basically whatever they were demanding or else you know they'd go back in the draft and da 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 now they've smartened up and wised up and say and said we're going to have a rookie pay scale and this is what you're going to be slotted to make as the first pick the second pick on and on and on and on go ahead oh no this uh, this next next season he would be scheduled to make um 29 million and i don't know maybe that could be some contract incentives because he has accomplished more in baker when it comes to um I'm sure. awards 29 million dollars yes okay so that's if <laughs> this is why I'm wondering about the advice he's getting. All right. Even if he does nothing and just plays mediocrely, if the Cardinals pick up his fifth year option and find out if they have or not, um, because if they've picked up his fifth year option or are going to, which I would imagine that they would, or maybe they haven't, maybe that's making them uh, mad right now, too. Um, but there's a deadline for that, and it's coming up sometime in May to decide, you know, when to pick up uh, somebody's fifth year option. But if they do, and even if they don't come to a contract agreement, as Devon just said, he's slated to make twenty nine million dollars in his fifth year if they pick up the option. Can't see, not for the life of me, the Cardinals not picking up that option. Did you have that? No. Okay. Because even at the worst, if you pick up the option and he, and you're and you're still not sold after this year, twenty nine million dollars. I'm sure there's a team out there that would still trade uh, for for a Kyler Murray. But my point is, if you're Kyler Murray, just play this year out, hope for the best, expect the best, bet on yourself, do what you know you're capable of doing, and then come back and say it's time to really renegotiate uh, a contract and pay me what I deserve. And if I'm the Cardinals, knowing that I got to probably pay him $29 million anyway uh, for that fifth year after next season, I still need to see more before I go down the Josh, you know, um, Allen road or the Deshaun Watson or whoever we talk about in terms of that next contract. I need to see more and I'm not going to budge. If I'm the Cardinals, I'm not going to budge on Kyler Murray. And then that becomes the question of, is he that serious about not playing again until he gets a new contract? And if so, where does he end up? And again, I keep bringing it back to the Raiders. Be thankful for what you have uh, in Derek Carr. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. 
Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. We're talking quarterbacks. We're talking about what are gonna, what's going to happen to some quarterbacks in the NFL. I really, for the life of me, now uh, doing some research, uh, the Cardinals general manager had said uh, a short, not a short while ago, but you know, within the last few weeks, a month or so, that the Cardinals would absolutely pick up Kyler Murray's fifth year option, which, as Demon said uh, in the last segment, would pay him twenty nine point seven million dollars uh, for the two thousand and twenty four season or two thousand and twenty three season at the very least. Like he's that's guaranteed. Once the once the fifth year option is picked up, that's locked and loaded. So here is a guy, Kyler Murray. And I think the world of Kyler Murray, the player, I'm not quite sold on him yet. And that's, you know, doesn't make me a bad person, doesn't make the Arizona Cardinals a bad person. But you just want to see a little bit more. And part of that is the volatility in the quarterback market in terms of how much it takes to lock down a guy that you identify as the face of your franchise. And obviously, Kyler Murray is looking in the mirror and saying, I'm the face of the Cardinals franchise. That's who I am, and I deserve to be paid accordingly. I don't mind the confidence. I don't mind him thinking of himself along those lines. He should. That's how you get you know, to certain places in life, by having the confidence that's going to power you and fuel you to where you want to go. That's a beautiful thing. So I'm not questioning that. What I am saying is, As I sit here today on April 19th, I don't think Kyler Murray has earned that distinction yet. That doesn't mean that he won't. He may very well. In fact, he may play so well this year, if he gets on the field, under his current contract, he may play so well that at the end of the 2022 season, He might come knocking on the door of uh, Mike Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals and the Cardinals decision makers and saying, yeah, remember what we were asking for this time last year? Yeah, that's gone up about five or six million dollars a year. And if he's played so well this season to have earned that, the happiest people on the face of the earth outside of Disneyland, because that is the happiest place on earth, some people say, I don't agree. I am done with Disneyland forever. After taking my kids there so many times, no, not going back there again. It's not the happiest place on the face of the earth. I love it, but no. Um, Anyway, the Cardinals would be ecstatic, ecstatic if he earned that, if he earned the right to go back and say, hey, I'm your guy. You know that. I just proved it. Let's talk money. And the Cardinals say, let's talk money. Let's talk you staying here for the next five, six years. Great. I just don't think the Cardinals are there yet, and I don't think Kyler Murray has earned that. So what happens? Where does that situation go? And if you're another team, do you seize the moment and say, hey, if you're questioning it, we're not. We'd like to give Kyler Murray exactly what he wants because we have a quarterback opening. And when you start looking around those teams, because there's other quarterbacks available, Baker Mayfield, you want to take a flyer on Baker Mayfield? If you're the Seattle Seahawks, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, would you take a flyer, Devon Cotton, 
on Baker Mayfield just for a year. Give it a shot. Nah, I do. I think that not that they're in rebuild mode, but they I'd are. rather go with Malik um, Wills in the in the in the draft. Okay, uh, rather than Baker. Okay, I, I know would he's too. on. I know I he's on the prove. Yeah. So and then the, I don't know what 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 their selection, what number their selection is, we'll, we'll what the pick out. that they got from the Broncos. But I'd rather just let me get the rookie quarterback and go from there because that's still going to be the cheaper option because, like, the window when the quarterbacks, we've seen so many teams, the Seahawks, man, maybe they started that trend where you got to win when you have that quarterback on that rookie deal. That's what they did with Russell Wilson. you have to have the quarterback. Yes, but I'm saying they they did it with Russell Wilson. Winning early because, you see, you give him that big contract because, let's say, if Baker comes in and he balls out, Baker's not going to say, well, hey, I'm going to take another deal for it's, – it's a chicken and the egg. You want him to do well. Right. But then if he does do well and he's like, hey, I want $35 million a year, it's like, hey, Baker. Right, right, right. We don't want to give you $35 million a year. No. Um, no. Uh, and I, I, I think if I'm the Seattle Seahawks, I do what I did the last time around, which was, you know, Pete Carroll had been there for, what, a couple of years, I think it was, in Seattle. I think they were five and they were, they were 500 for a couple of years. They had, like, Tavares Jackson. They had a couple of Charlie Whitehurst. Uh, they had a couple of quarterbacks in there, but they were building the team. If you looked at those drafts, even before Russell got there, they were getting the Richard Shermans and all these great players that ended up being a great team around the quarterback who they eventually got a couple of years in. I wouldn't be surprised if Pete Carroll said, you know what? I'm good this year. I'm stockpiling draft picks. I'm going to draft a great bunch of players, and then eventually I'll go get my quarterback like I did Russell Wilson. It's taking a chance, obviously, because those guys don't grow on trees, but I think he would do that. Although, I mean, you still want to win some games. I'd give Baker Mayfield maybe a shot there. Carolina looks like the inside track on them. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? We'll talk about all of those things and still get back uh, into Derek Carr and the contract that he signed, which I think is going to be beneficial for him. Obviously, the Raiders. I think it's going to be a good thing. I think this is going to be a long marriage, and I think it's going to work out. I really believe that Derek Carr is the right quarterback to get the Raiders where they need to get to. And I think they're on the verge of taking a big step forward. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday.